Dragons? Yeah, you never heard of this? No, I've heard of the Swamp Dragons. Yeah, of course I've heard of it. Don't, don't tell me what I have and have not heard of. Okay, welcome back to another episode of... Uh, Maybe next time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon... McCormack. Nets Nation, put me out of my misery. <laughs> that was a very personal one this week, Simon. We are here as we are each and every unrelenting week, bringing you the latest, the greatest, the hottest in Nets Nation news. Nets <laughs> Nation news. <laughs> yeah. Um... Simon, we've got a big Memorial Day show. As a little weekend treat for our listeners, we are going to keep this one under 30 minutes. And that is maybe next time guarantee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we've broken that guarantee countless times. Countless, so. countless times. So, we this is a theme-free theme, theme free week uh-huh. in a departure from many of our recent, recent theme shows. Yes. Uh, but... As always, we have stuff to talk about. Yes. <laughs> Simon, get it together here. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to do, I have a stat of the week, but I think I want to get into something a little different first. Okay. Uh, I was this morning perusing some of our old drops. Okay. Uh, and I thought maybe we could just review, a, do a quick drop review sure, of things of, of the past because I think it's sort of a glimpse into a different era of the Nets. These <laughs> were created like okay. a year and a half to two years ago. Um, so I'm going to play some of the old players that are, are no longer Nets oh, and some of the other themes that we've got. Good. We're going to start with one that you cooked up, Simon. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, reaction. Working? Quick reaction. <laughs> uh, let me try that a second time. Okay. Um, but first. But first, we are having some <laughs> serious technical difficulties. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> this is starting with a bang. Simon, just to fill some time yeah. while I get this uh, soundboard thing sorted uh-huh, out, uh-huh. Uh, there has been a NBA-wide conspiracy to pick apart <laughs> Sean Marks' front office. Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, well, so just some background on that. Uh, four of our two coaches and two executives have been poached. Uh, from the Nets over the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, actually, that's not. I mean, just o- over the off season. So, th- Will Weaver, who was the, I think that's the guy who was the coach of the of the Long Island Nets. Yes, he was po- he was poached pretty early on uh, in the off season to coach a European team, right? Yeah, in Australia, I believe. And then, <laughs> yeah, European team in Australia. Well, yeah, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I think it was Australia though. Okay, uh, and then. Um, this uh, the Bulls got um, our offensive guru. Uh, what is that guy's name? Fleming. Okay, I think it's Chris Fleming. Yeah. Anyway, he's out. Trajan Langdon, our assistant GM, has gone to the Pelicans. A, a great hire for uh, for a up and coming Pelicans team that was 
as recently as like a few weeks ago, a completely destroyed team that is now one back the, on one solid of the hottest ground. franchises in yeah. the entire league. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and finally, our director of uh, global scouting or something like that was his title, and his name I do not remember, but he was also poached by I want to say the Timberwolves. Yes, Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. All right, let's see if these drops are working. Okay. Uh, and also, if other front offices across the league are listening, stop taking <laughs> yeah, yeah. our guys. Yeah. All right, first one, Simon, this is this is a you. <laughs> Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. Of course I remember that. Poor Jeremy. I saw they wouldn't even let him on the team bus. They, they what? Asked, well, they, the the security guard like asked to see his ID when he was trying to board the the um, Toronto bus. <laughs> oh, ouch! In a racial profiling case. Yeah, for the ages. he has been a low impact raptor <laughs> in this series, yes. big time. All right, next one, Simon. This was a time. This harkens back to a time when we had. A huge amount of animosity for Nets Daily. Hey, Nets Daily. You lie! You're a fucking liar! Shut up! <laughs> Do you remember that? I have no memory of that. I mean, like, now that you play it, it right. sounds familiar, but I truly did not remember you doing We had that. whole segments of the show <laughs> oh, that yeah. were devoted exclusively to excoriating various badly written Nets Daily articles. It's a articles. super different time. Yeah. That was a very, very different time. I actually had, I saw right before you came over, a headline that could have fit into that uh, segment. Okay. It was called, the headline is, Is Jarrett Allen a Potentially Elite? Question <laughs> mark. That's sort of the, the, the type of fun we used to have <laughs> with Nets Daily. Now we just don't have the time, huh? We just don't have the time. All right, this is a, this is a pretty good one <clears throat> from way back. I'm going to let the train pass because uh, okay. we don't want to miss the full effect of this. Quincy AC for three! For longer ones, yeah, that drags on That's for a, a bit. One, that though. was really good. That's a good one. He was not a good three-point shooter. He was not the stretch four we were looking for. It was certainly the stretch four that Kenny was looking for. Uh, but he was Perfect system fit. He was an ideal system fit. Uh, this is kind of weird. When we still got this guy on our team. Siri, should we trade Spencer Dinwiddie? Here are Spencer Dinwiddie's stats from the 2017-18 NBA season. Uh, so we were talking about it then. We're talking about it now. I, as as any listener will know, am a big advocate of moving on from the Spencer Dinwiddie experience. Yeah. Um, you think it's any likelier now than it was when we talked about it years ago? Uh... Good question. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I would say it's probably slightly less likely. Okay, final one in our little trip down memory lane. Okay. This is I a could guy, do this forever. I just, we can this do more. making me feel yeah. better than I've felt all day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Manimal. 
the manimal. Yeah, talk about low impact. Oh, yeah. Run up. Oh, yeah. This is, is, this is a this wild episode. What the fuck is I have going no on? idea. It just harbors that song on on <laughs> mute all day until you somehow unleash it by setting it down on the desk. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, any more of these? Do we have the? I feel like if we're gonna keep it under thirty, oh we might right, we do. Move we do on. have to. We do have to move on. Maybe we can do this off off mic. All right, so I'm going to get into <laughs> <laughs> this thing's going an hour minimum. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get into our stat of the week. How about great? All right, stat of the week. D'Lo related shooting stuff. Give it to me. He is a really, really, really good shooter. Okay, D'Angelo Russell, except for. One particular category, which really? I want to get into. So he is the best shooter. He has the best field goal percentage of any net on shots from three to ten feet from the rim. Okay, and from ten to sixteen feet from the rim. Uh-huh. He's the best. The mid ranger. Yeah, the mid range god. Uh-huh. He has the second highest field goal percentage um, of anyone on the team from sixteen feet to the three point line, and he had the third highest three point percentage on the team. Behind really? Joe Harrison and uh, Alan Crabb. Boy, that we did not have many good because he's pretty. He's like okay. He's like thirty-seven percent or something, right? Which dude, is like hey, a little better than average. Don't don't shoot the messenger. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay. But Simon, he has the second worst field goal for percentage on the entire team of shots from zero to three feet. So when he gets close to the basket. He's not finishing. That's that's actually surprising. I guess I just never really even see him get that close. So we've talked at length about how bad at finishing Rondé Hollis Jefferson yes. is. You will not be surprised. Uh, Travion Graham makes another appearance at the bottom of a statistical list. He is the worst. Oh my! Um, as he is on literally every metric, <laughs> Travion Graham finds his way to the bottom. Um, <laughs> but we've talked at length about how Rondé has a problem finishing. We've never really addressed the. D'Angelo thing. I think part of it is a product of him going in and maybe assuming he's going to draw a foul and sort of heaving up a wild shot. Huh. Also, it's a product of him not being quick enough to beat a lot of guys to the right. rim. Yeah, um, I, I just found it. I found it strange that like that. Those are the gimme buckets. Yes, that range typically. Everyone on the team shoots over five hundred, but he shoots barely over five hundred from there. Huh. I also wonder, and this is just a wonder, Bill. Yeah, not something I can prove or disprove right now, but uh, I wonder if it's also related to him trying to avoid contact. Yes, I think he is. I, and I, I was going to say, I think. For him to move up even another level, he's going to need to find a way to either (coughs) make those shots or begin drawing the contact and getting to the foul line, as we've talked about at length. (laughs) Yes. Reed D'Angelo. I would say, though, and uh, everyone, every Nets fan, you are just (laughs) snot all over your face. I know. I'm very ill. 
Yeah. I'm very ill. What do you mean? Today. <laughs> okay. In terms of an illness. Sure. Okay. No. Uh, really? <laughs> just just one more. Bear with me oh, one sorry. more minute. I'm sorry, here. bro. I'm sorry. Uh, so as as all all fans of the Nets know, it is a very analytically driven team. Yes. So you will take some comfort in knowing that while D'Lo does shoot miserably from that range uh-huh. relative to the other players on the team, he also takes the second fewest of them. So okay. they, they, it's clearly a shot that they de-emphasize for him, um, and apparently with good reason, though it would be wonderful were he able to figure out a way to get to the free throw line in those situations. Yeah, because I feel like the Nets are, are, have got to be, I mean, their whole thing is drives and threes, so I feel like they're hoping that their players get to the to the zero to three foot range. Um as much, as much as possible. But yeah, for, for D'Angelo, it's very tough. <coughs> All right, let's move on. Sure. Uh, AD and Kyrie to the Nets for D'Lo and Jared Allen. Oh, yeah. Is it happening? No. Well, as I was talking to you last night, uh, back in the glory days... Uh, when you I, weren't ill? I have seriously become very virally I, ill. I mean, yes. I'm glad you're sitting a foot away from me and breathing <laughs> all over I would me. clean this, this daddy. <laughs> so... Um, no, I I mean I think that Chris Broussard has taken advantage of the uh you know anonymous source uh situation to just completely lie on air all the time about various trade rumors, various free agency rumors. Like I just don't think that guy is credible. Right. I mean, are there any consequences for saying these things and none of them ever panning out? I don't think so. Not when you're Chris Broussard. Maybe if you were, again, like, yeah, maybe if you were Woj and, like, you're thought of as, like, when he tweets something, like, that's pretty much as good as as, as true. Mm-hmm. But if you are in the, like, I don't know, what is he, he does a lot of stuff for, like, FS1 or whatever, like, he's definitely second or third tier in the punditry class. Right. So, like, your game is, like, drawing as many eyeballs as you can. Uh, I think that is his strategy, is just making stuff up. So, that that's a pretty hot it's take. It's pretty effective. I mean, yeah. everyone's yeah. talking about what Chris Broussard is literally yeah. fabricating out of nothing. Right. Do they ever talk about him on any of your, no. your brain? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think he's... I don't, yeah, I think he's sort of like a marginal pundit figure. Who does he write for? I don't know. I feel like he's for. sometimes on ESPN, although that could definitely be made up. I think when he was talking about this, it was on some, like, FS1 show. Okay. Uh, Simon, let's transition here mm. to a little thing we like to call... Metal Bad. Oh, oh, great. Okay. Nailed that drop. Yeah, that was great. Uh, well-timed, and a song didn't begin playing immediately after <laughs> <laughs> so we got hit up with an email. That <coughs> Thanks for the email, by the way. Mm-hmm. Send them. Where can people send us an email? Maybe next time at gmail.com. You got to send them, got to have them. We need them. <laughs> it was really nice. It was, uh, I mean, <laughs> had some uh, hard truths in it, uh-huh. but uh, uh-huh. it was it was, it was wonderful to read. Yeah. Uh, and our listener, Malcolm Edwards, shout out. Uh, thanks for the email. Uh, said, how come every time when people mention how we need a four, you end up naming guys that would play the five here? Um, Simon, do you think it's true that when we're talking about stretch fours Mm. and we're talking about big boys, that 
they would get run as a four alongside a player like Jared Allen? Or do you think that there's only room for one person who could even conceivably be a big on the court and that we should think of the three and four as wings? Right. So I... Thank you, uh, Malcolm, for your question. It is uh, thoughtful and intriguing and worthy of discussion. Uh, uh, So I disagree with that assessment. Um, I mean, I would, right, because he's directly criticizing what I've said. Uh, But but, um, my sense is that – so this this came up in the context of Julius Randle and us talking a lot about uh, the potential for adding Julius Randle. Who I've gotten hotter and hotter for as the week has progressed. Yeah, right and I'm I'm at uh, you know I'm at 100 uh, deg- whatever a hot degree yes, as well. Right. Um, <laughs> I think I've got a 100 degree going on in my noggin right now. Um, no, I think that there's a, I think that I think that Kenny. At least I hope, anyway, that Kenny is more focused on having at least four people that can at least sort of shoot a three-pointer. I think he does not want to have fewer than four, and he'd love to have five on the court who can shoot a three. I think that Julius, because he can shoot, he's shooting 34% from three. He shoots about three three threes a game and makes about one of them. Um he would fit as as a four next to Jared Allen because you would still have, you know, four players who can shoot the three. I don't think that Kenny or the Nets mind would mind having two people that can rebound, that can get inside, that can that can do things that big players can do, but it's critical to them, I think, to have shooting out there. So right. so that's that's my sense. I of mean, it. you don't start guys like Quincy AC or Jared Dudley because you don't want a bigger presence just because they're a really good wing. Right. They're not good wings. <laughs> they can't <laughs> The problem with the Nets has been that we we put guys at 4 who are undersized uh-huh. and who additionally cannot shoot three-pointers. So instead of having a guy like Julius Randle, who is a threat to shoot a three, but can also clean up the glass, yeah. uh, we have an undersized guy who can't guard, can't rebound, and can't shoot. It's right. the worst of all, <laughs> all possible worlds. Right. And while I do think that it, I could see <clears throat> Julius Randle occupying more of a five role, um, we, there are just so many games when we play teams like the Bulls or the Magic, and they have bigger players, and we get out-rebounded by just insane numbers. Right. So having a guy out there who is a big, <laughs> in addition to Jared Allen or Ed Davis, I think is pretty important. No, I agree. And I, I, I think that there would be, if we got Julius Randle, there would be lots of times, like you're saying, when he would play the center. Like, mm-hmm. I think especially, like, finishing the game, he would likely right. be our Which our Jared center. almost never does anyway. Right. Um, anyway, good question, provocative question. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do at the four next year. It's obviously the biggest piece that we need to remedy in the offseason. Don't you think it'd be funny, Bill, if they just don't do anything again? Yes. <laughs> I think it would be funny, and I feel like it's inevitable. Kenny's like, no, we got this. You know, Travion's coming back. He's a system fit. <laughs> um, all right. Simon, players most linked to the Nets right now in draft talk. Yeah, I want to well, give you a little. I want to give you a little little bit to run on here. Sure. So, guys, most linked to the Nets currently are Bol Bol, uh-huh. my personal favorite. Yeah. 
Uh, Rui Hachimura mm-hmm. from Gonzaga. Yeah. Nasir Little. Yeah. A guy that you are pretty high on. Yeah. Um, the Stanford small forward, KZ Akpala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, other prospects linked to Brooklyn include Gogo Bitadze, uh-huh. the Georgian seven-footer, who yeah. I sight unseen. I know nothing more than that he's a seven-footer from the country of Georgia. Uh-huh. I'm in. I'm fully <laughs> in on him. And uh, Lugens Dort, the Arizona State shooting guard. Right. Uh, of those guys, uh-huh. who who are you hottest on and why? Oh, thank you for this, Q. I, I hope you have. Are you gonna answer this too? Uh, I like. I love Bol Bol. Right. I think he has the highest ceiling other than Zion Williamson in the entire draft, and I would do anything to get him on our team. Great. Yeah. Um. So I oh. would say, I would say, from I would I'll give you my top three. Number one of those is Bol Bol. I think that um, he has the potential to be, um. Like the bet to me, it seems like he has the highest ceiling of, yeah. of any a of the players. A transformational, potentially franchise transforming. Player. Yes, I mean he also has the chance to just not um, like break his fragile body and never play in the NBA again. Yeah. But but he has the highest ceiling and the lowest floor, probably. Yeah, and then my second pick would be Rui. Um, I think he would be a good fit at the four. I think that uh, he has has some. Shown some possibility of being a stretch four. Um, I think that he he is also like he's was very late to playing basketball, so he could be another player that has has a pretty decent, uh, pretty high ceiling. Um, he's made a lot of improvement over his uh, two or three years, I think, at, at Gonzaga. Um, and then Nasir Little would be my would be my third pick. He obviously could. I think floor is Ronde, and I think he, we've brought that up. That would be bad. But I think uh, ceiling is like maybe Jalen Brown. Like he has those kind of measurements, that kind of athleticism. He is like a big, long wing who I think right off the bat can can at least help us on on the defensive end. Interessante. <laughs> uh, of the three picks we currently have. Uh, by the way, the block will be representing Brooklyn at the NBA draft. Yeah, super exciting. Details to follow. We don't know them. I am praying Sean Marks does not get rid of these three picks, and thus nullifying the need for the block to be present at this thing. Yeah. <coughs> of the three picks that we currently have, 17, 27, and 31, uh-huh. where do you well, do you think we're going to have all three by draft day? No, I don't. I feel like there's been lots of intimations of of at least one of those being gone. Um, I I have heard, you know, seen speculation that maybe the 31st pick is actually more valuable than our 27th pick because they're close together and you have to give the person that you draft at 27 a contract. Right. Um, You don't with a second-round pick. Um, So I would say my hope is that if, if, if we ditch one of them, or you know, if, if we you know only part with one of them, that that we ditch one of those higher ones. I think there's lots of interesting players um, in the 17 range that seem 
good, but mm-hmm. also like also like you know there are players like Lucas Semanic who's like that. He's like maybe a stretch for I forget what country he's from, but he he plays internationally. That again is like could be terrible. I right. mean his numbers. It's a classic Euro situation. <laughs> he's like playing eighteen minutes, averaging like five points. So very hard and, to really totally impossible to, to gauge from yeah. box score numbers. Yeah, yeah, but he he did well in the at the combine, like the Jonathan Giveney and um, Mike Schmitz or whatever, those mm-hmm. two guys were pretty high on him. Anyway, like, there's some interesting players out there at the later rounds, too. Kenny! <laughs> <laughs> You've gone drop mad, Bill. Oh, man, these are fun. we got to bring them out more often. Mm. Uh, we need to refresh them. I mean, it almost ruined our friendship last time we did it. So why don't we record them we'll individually? Do it, we'll do it separately. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's good. <laughs> uh, but we gotta wait to see who's on the goddamn team. Yeah, they, this Delo no contract thing is agony. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lane, any interest in talking Bulls trades? Okay, <laughs> uh, we've got a special guest here. He's a, a silent partner in this podcast. Um, <clears throat> We're not going to talk Bulls trades. I don't think we need to talk about anything else, do you? Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, any big things happening this week in Nets Nation? D'Lo's hosting a camp. Oh, nice. In Jersey somewhere. Yeah. Great. Weird location. but. Uh, oh, I think uh, I think Jared Dudley was saying that a bunch of the guys are already working out at the... Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's, Neat. you know, hopeful. There was some... Uh, I hope D'Lo's there. Well, yeah, I, he is. I, I saw some... He, I saw some in classic D'Lo, uh, you know, um, showing off his uh, work ethic. Um uh-huh. Like him just shooting um, threes, shooting a bunch of threes at uh, HSS Center. What is it? H. What's H- their training center? HSS Practice Center? Yeah, yeah. 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 We've been there. Yeah. Shook Sean Mark's hand that day. Nice. Haven't washed it since. Yeah. Um, okay. I think we could probably wrap up. Oh, I have one. Wait, what's Sauce Castillo? Oh, my God. That's us. <laughs> uh, better ending than the start. Sure. Uh, we never got Sauce Castillo. Is he still in the league? Are you aware of whether I was he's still with in the Portland, league? Portland, right? Yeah, I think they traded him, mm. and then he might have gotten waived. Huh. Anywho, another fallen net. Um, <laughs> all right, so where can people find, rate, review, subscribe? You got to find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify, all of your various podcast locations, we're likely there. Please rate and review us. Give us those five-star reviews. They really help. We really appreciate them more than almost anything in this world. Um, and uh, Simon's ill. Write him a get-well note. Please. I have multiple ailments right now. Uh, <laughs> Self-inflicted. <laughs> well, somewhat, but this, there's some kind of viral thing oh, going on with God. me. Some kind of viral thing going on. Um, and uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook uh, at Maybe Nets Time. And uh, as we said before, please send us your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts to Maybe Nets Time at gmail.com. All right, Simon, I guess we'll go ahead and. <laughs> We will go ahead and uh, see, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. I think we did just about every. Been together too long. 
like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read.